Hi, I'm Sabrina Petrofessa. And I'm Lily Rugo. And this is Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. See, I did it this time, Lily. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You remembered. I did remember, because the last time we did Cloak and Dagger, I forgot. <laughs> you were too excited. Yes, this is true. <laughs> so obviously, today is Cloak and Dagger Season 2. Yay. Bittersweet. Really mm-hmm. bittersweet. Because mm-hmm. I love this show, and I don't want it to end, but it's ended, and I'm sad. It got a really short run. It was right in the middle of all of the chaos that we've discussed before, and I'm sad that it was one of the uh, the casualties, the cut short casualties. Yeah. Um, it's just very disappointing because of the shows that were airing on cable, this was the best one. Mm-hmm. It was definitely and, like, the most inventive of the ones that were out at, like, on the cable, airing, airing on cable. And I'm going to say something very, um, shock and awe, I guess, maybe, I don't know, controversial. That's the word I was mm. looking for. I'm sorry, language is hard when you've been <laughs> living with your parents for over a week and have minimal communication with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, 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 I would say Cloak and Dagger in its two seasons have done way better things than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in all of their seasons. Ooh, that is controversial. Yep. I absolutely adore Cloak and Dagger in mm. its 20 episodes. More than I adore Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in its 100. Wow. We're, we're, we'll talk about the season and then we'll get into that because I would have to actually like sit and think with that knowledge before I could give an opinion. Because my gut reaction is like, Agents! But I would have to sit with that. This is why, this is why I thought it would be very like, you would just be like, no. Like, no. (laughs) Because it's a fair point. It's a fair and valid point. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to get sidetracked. This is just going to be like 20 minutes of me staring off into space (laughs) internally going through this. Um, All right. So we'll talk about the show first. Yes. So this season, there has been a swap in um, situations, I guess. Mm. Tandy is now the one who's living at home with her mother who seems to be caring and good and nice and whatever. And not that Ty's parents are not. It's just that now he's the one who's homeless. Yeah. Because he's on the run from the law. Yes. But of course um, he wasn't going to leave New Orleans. No, of course he wasn't going to leave New Orleans. He wasn't going to leave Tandy. He was going to leave the girlfriend. I can't remember the girlfriend's name. Avita. Avita. Um, and like, the, they, they save New Orleans, but like, also, the whole first episode is how Ty and Tandy are both like, being vigilantes separate of each other, which is so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it made... I liked how it set up the their dynamics of, like, they they definitely trust each other and they're each other's, like, best friend and things, but they still hide so much of who they are from the other because they're, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, they're coming in to their superhero identities and, like, what that means to them and stuff. Yeah. And both of them are processing the traumas that they've went through very different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... This season, specifically, Tandy is finding out that her dad is not the saint that she always thought he was. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense uh, whenever you lose a parental figure when you're, like, eight. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. she was, they were, she was very young when he died. Mm-hmm. And when you're that young, you tend to miss things. Right. Because um, you're eight years old. 
But um, he they find out that her her dad or she finds out that her dad was actually like super abusive, mm-hmm. which is why her mom drank and did drugs so much because she was in a very abusive household. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like that. Part of me was really mad that that was happening this season, though. Why? Um, I don't know. Like, because then I was so confused for the motivating factor. Like, why was her mom trying to clear her dad's name the entire time before? Because it's in my, if you know, if my abuser died regardless of it be of them being like my child's father mm. and like total accident had nothing to do with me i'd be like praise jesus goodbye <laughs> yeah like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deal with this anymore like don't have to deal with this anymore like yeah i get that the company kind of screwed them over in the wake of that mm-hmm. but at the same time like i don't know he was your abuser i'm trying to remember the first season maybe it was because the company did him so badly therefore the her as the widower she couldn't prop like get um compensation out of the company yeah something like that i think that was part of it right and also like the name because his name was ruined it would affect away you know yeah so we'll go with that yeah um i guess i don't know i just i I guess I just disliked that the whole first season was, like, redemption for the father. And then, like, within a couple episodes of the second season, it was like, never mind, he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? And I guess because I was binging it, it was very, like, high-low. Like... Right. Because it's a big reveal in the end of, toward the end of the first season, right? That Tandy... What, that he was abusive? Yeah, that Tandy sees her mom's uh, hopes. Like, she tears down the hope. Of like the oh, the memory that, that her mom the first season kind of I, thinks I, about. I didn't remember that being from the first season. Mm-hmm. It's the first season. Again, I binged this very back to back, which is why I think in the last episode when we did this, I was like, "What was the last episode again?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like just to have that divide. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really like it, but. Um, I think it was a good way to tie in to the kind of greater villain of the season. Yeah, the season, uh, since they didn't have to worry quite as much as character setup and building, they were able to focus on deeper issues, which was pain and trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the like, so the main villain was a guy who was affected by the the explosion the same way Mm. ty and tandy were but Mm -hmm. like not not like a connection thing but like still effective and um i can't remember was it actually like the original explosion or was it the new explosion because the cop was affected in the new explosion from last season it might have been the the second the the finale explosion all right well either way he was affected by one of the explosions that Mm -hmm. involved the rig and mm-hmm. the the water of New Orleans, um, and his whole thing was that he could. St- what was he stealing? Like pain possibility? Oh, he was stealing pain. 
or was it hope? Because his like, whole shtick was, was surrounding pain, but by feeding off of others, he was able to alleviate his own. That was the best I could understand. Yeah, it. I think he was like feeding off of others' pain, but like leaving them in a place where they could only be. They were hopeless. They were hopeless. Yeah, were it was despair. Because when Tandy tried to find their hopes, it was, mm-hmm. there was literally nothing there. Yeah, but so he Ty just left them in a state them, of like, despair. Fear was everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a state of hopelessness, yeah. Um, which is, I guess, why he probably tacked on to Tandy. Mm-hmm. Because she holds so many people's hopes. Mm-hmm. Um... But I, what I really enjoyed about this season was going into the, like, other realm, the realm of the Loa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we found out when Ty, at the end of the first season, when Ty's shadow darkness kind of ate the the, the cop that killed his brother, the bad cop. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, everyone was just like, well, that was weird. And Ty was like, well, that was weird. And then this, we found out he, he didn't. His darkness didn't just, like, eat him into this void. It ate him. It's He's a doorway. Well, it did kind of eat him into a void. Mm-hmm. But um, it, what was interesting was that it was, like, set up like a mall. Mm-hmm. So I kind of enjoyed that. It was, like, this little mall that they had to walk <laughs> through. Um, and the villain kind of functioned out of a, this music store. Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. Because he's a jazz musician. And suffers chronic migraines. Mm-hmm. So he had to stop being a jazz musician because he played the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And anytime he tried to hit like a real like high note or loud, loud like no, mm-hmm. no, it would like he would basically like crumble in pain from the migraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they the show did that thing where at first you're like, nice guy. And then you're like, oh, damn villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not see that coming. He's talking about his chronic pain and all that. And then like, done. Like, oh, you're a villain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, damn, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like, I liked the, the visualization of the music store and each person had like their records, mm-hmm. which also leads me to my favorite episode of the season, which is the whole what if episode. That one was good. It took me a while to figure out what was going on exactly because the way it was written and the like the way the scenes were interspersed and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you figured it out, it was really good. I love what if episodes. I mm. love them so much. <laughs> like they're always my favorite episodes of shows. Like mm-hmm. um, in This Is Us, just like last week, there was a whole episode about what if Jack didn't die? Like, what if their father didn't die? Mm. And I was like, yes! <laughs> Even though it was, like, really, it came from, like, one specific character, so it was a very skewed perception. It wasn't like, this is what actually would have happened if Jack died. It was like, mm. this is what the son thinks would have happened if Jack didn't die. Right. But, like, whatever. And then, like, there was also, I don't know if anyone ever watched Switched at Birth, but, like, it was that show where the two girls were Switched at Birth, and one of them became deaf, and one of them wasn't, and blah, blah, blah. It was really cool. And they had a whole episode about that, too, where it was like, what if they never got switched? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I love this. But, like, I just love what if episodes. So I was really happy when we got these what if episodes. But it, like, started from, like, the explosion. 
Mm -hmm. So that Ty and Tandy were always in each other's lives. Yeah, I did like that aspect. Because basically the reason Tandy is experiencing these, like, what-if scenarios in her head is because we, the villain who is trying to manipulate her and trying to, like, feel out all of her emotions to basically take away her hopes. So that's why I didn't get mm-hmm. it. I was just like, well, how did we get to these scenarios in her head? And then you got it. Um, well, I mean, they were her, like, imaginings, I guess. I would, you know? Um, mm. And I found it interesting that in every version of it, like, Ty and Tandy were still friends. Yep. They still had their powers. And they still... Um, words and they still i don't i don't know what i was gonna say i don't know what the third third thing was i don't remember what the third thing was i think like i liked i guess i also like that they'd never like were like oh in this one they're together together like they're right. in romance like um which was kind of an interesting way to go about it because it's like oh you would think that maybe that's it but it's also where you go like Oh, so, like, Tandy really doesn't feel romantically towards him. Right. Because if she did, there would be one record where it's like, oh, we are together and we're in love and blah, blah, blah. So, I think a lot about the one where they go to the liquor store or the convenience store. The first one, the one that's the most detailed. Yeah. And he has Mm -hmm. the gun, but he's wearing his hoodie. So right. they don't know he's, like, a cop. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about that a lot. I, I thought don't know that why, one was the most interesting because the way it was set up, that perfect tie, which we find out is, like, its own, th- like, theme in the show, is perfect tie becomes a police officer and all of the things mm-hmm. that entails. Yeah, Insane, but in that one, right? his brother never died. Right? Yeah. And, and his mentor is the guy who shot his brother. Right. Yeah, so it's it's twisted and interesting to see, like, how that would have even been possible in that what if of, like, yeah. what about being a police officer, like, why does Perfect Ty think that's what he would want to be or do? Because he comes, like, police officer Ty comes back, and I'm like, oh, fascinating, you know? I think, I think what, um... I think what they're trying to, like, stem with, or not stem to, but, like, I think what they were trying to go for there was that, like, Ty always wants to protect people. He always wants to protect mm-hmm. the people around him. Like, he finds out he has powers, and, yeah, at first, because anyone who probably found out they had powers was like, I'm not dealing with this. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. But, like, once he kind of gets a hold of them, he wants to help people. Right. And then in the end, in the, the kind of, the final fight, which this is my, one of my favorite things, whenever there's, like team battles and they're pitched against their like perfect enemy they just like switch enemies because it's yeah. the only thing that makes sense so when yeah. tandy is fighting police tie and she's giving her her whole speech to him about how like uh this is the t- perfect tie is what he was when he um meets ev- the standard society sets, sets out fi- for him but the goal keeps moving type situation so that's yeah. what i think police tie was supposed to represent of like this is tie unachievable if he does everything right but that's impossible to do when you're a young black man it's like the perfect minority trope and like Mm -hmm. not trope real life thing that happens um 
you hit you kind of break that glass ceiling but then there's another glass ceiling and then there's another glass ceiling and then there's another glass ceiling yeah so there's it's that kind of thing oh but like i didn't really i didn't really think of it that way Mm. but like i'm also not a minority so that would make sense um (laughs) she it's one of the things that she like kind of spells out as she's like attacking the phantom tie and i was just like oh yeah i guess that makes sense yeah um i do i do enjoy those like moments where like they're fighting each other and it's like this is so stupid you're doing the exact same thing like stop fighting each other and then (laughs) they just they swap Mm -hmm. um that that was like an episode in charmed too sorry i always bring back to like other shows (laughs) but also it's a thing like it's a thing that happens like (laughs) there's this whole episode in charmed where they go to like the exact opposite version of their universe like where good is like the prevailing thing in their their universe and then they go to the opposite version and it's like everything's evil there Mm. and so they had to fight the like the evil charmed ones sorry okay not the point um (laughs) but yeah i just think this season was very good Mm. and i just really loved it and i just really love the show and i love ty and tandy and i'm very upset that i can't get more of them I liked how this one, it did the same thing in the the first season, but I like how this one doubled down a bit more on just how much this show loves New Orleans and how much it incorporated like old deep tradition, New Orleans tradition. Because like I talked about in the first episode of like the, the use of like Voodoo between Avita, her aunt, the villain and things like that. It didn't feel like Ugh, her magical, exotic, black stuff. It was just like, this is a part of New Orleans culture. This is what mm-hmm. made sense. And I thought it was researched and executed really well. I mean, I think what goes well with that is that it's not like... It's not like it's the white characters are going to them and being like, hey, mm-hmm. we need you. Like, it's usually Ty going to them. And it's not, you know, it's not like, I don't know. Like, I feel like because it's not just like they're constantly there to help the white person. Mm-hmm. Like, that adds to it. Be- like, adds to the, like, not mystical person of color trope. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, maybe because everything's magic in this universe, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. Ty and Tandy have powers. Auntie has powers. Evita has powers. Like, it's all there. So it's kind of like, you just have more knowledge. I don't. Right. But it's Uh, also, it's the same way that, like, throughout all of the Defenders, it's basically, like, I really like shows that feel like they're love letters to their setting. Like, Defenders, mm -hmm. all of them are a love letter to New York. They love New York, and it makes sense. And not I Iron thought, Fist. what? Not Iron Fist. Yeah, it's never Iron Fist. But um, Runaway, not Runaways. I've, the second time I've done that, Cloak and Dagger is a really good love letter to New Orleans. I would say, like, to give you credit, like Runaways and Cloak and Dagger are kind of like the same, like target audience. Yeah. Like marketing I mean, was like same thing. <laughs> Sort of, yeah. And Cloak and Dagger do show up in the next season of The Runaways, which was the only thing that had me watch The Runaways like <laughs> as quickly as I did because I was like, I need Ty, I need Tandy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah we'll get to that when we do runaway season three which is who knows when that'll be Mm -hmm. um but yeah um i thought um the episode where her aunt dies Mm. is just so like so depressing yeah just because like she knew you know Mm -hmm. and when he walked in she was like, ah, this is what's happening today. Like, she knew. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, wild to me. I also liked how she kind of was saying, like, you, when you are, I don't remember what they called themselves, when they have, like, the gift, when they have whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, They have to marry a Loa. Or they don't have to marry a Loa, but, like, it's part of it. Loa. Yeah. And, like, she had her Loa that she married and whatever. And what I love and hate is that trope where one person does something that they can never, like, take back (laughs) to save someone. Mm. And they didn't need to do that permanent thing to save them, you know? Yeah. I I felt so bad for Evita. She wanted to be a doctor. She would have been such a good doctor. And then she couldn't. Mm-hmm. do that yeah. because she had to stay she was bound now to to her family tradition yeah in new orleans i mean are there not medical schools in new orleans yeah but it was it was the kind of idea of like i yeah, don't know no, being i totally a, get it i right? totally get it i'm just like making a comment like you still need an actor just go to school in new yeah. orleans she just couldn't um, practice yeah um <laughs> Bringing some Western medicine to your voodoo, so. Um, but, like, that, when she was deciding to marry death, basically, mm. to save Ty. Like, and then Ty and Tandy basically go, okay, we good. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right, like, right before they even, like, make that decision, like, he gets swept back. Mm-hmm. Because... Avita has like married him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like oh god and i felt so bad for her and i felt so bad for ty because like ty I never guess, knows does he or he didn't realize how close he didn't it realize, was yeah yeah because i think like when he stepped to her she kind of stepped back mm-hmm. and it was like yeah yikes um but also Avita's totally a badass for keeping all those ghost things away from her from them yeah, for being for being the like, you knew she was kind of trained, but she she wasn't like, again she didn't this wasn't her career path, so she kind of did it all begrudgingly, and then she just had to do it now, and she did a very good job. I I thought it was she just so completely badass, saved though when asses. she was like she had that like le- the the candle and that was lit and it was like let's go let's do this and she like ha- had it mm-hmm. and then what's the cop's name O'Reilly, Bridget O'Reilly. O'Reilly. O'Reilly comes back and she's like, I got you. I'll help. And mm-hmm. like she starts doing her thing. Um, I always forget the cop's name. But but like also that O'Reilly this season, I was just like, where is this going? I didn't understand. I know. She was such a loose cannon. It was interesting. It was so weird. And then I, I was doing that thing. I, I was thinking again. I was like, is this literally, are, are we literally doing this right now? Like What? Like, we're having the, the, like, multiple personality things again. Oh, right. Except this one is, like, far more literal and 
strange and mm-hmm. also not really multiple personalities like the same personality just, just the same person split into two mm-hmm. yeah it's because the whole like the first season established that the explosion creates terrors like the beam when it hits you it's going to mm-hmm. set you back to your primal like survival instincts so basically the way i put it together in my head whenever is when the split happened to o'reilly the terror, like, her primal survival instinct was one side, was one person. And then whoever that person is without those primal instincts is, like, the true O'Reilly yeah. A. Yeah. Yeah, and then they, and like, Ty sucked the, for lack of a better word, bad O'Reilly mm. into him. And then she comes back out, and then they, they both go back in, and then... They come back out together, and then it's like, oh, okay, like you could have done that the whole time. Um, I don't think they would. Even- yeah, I don't think they could have unless they were in that weird in between space. I guess, but then like once they were together, it, she was still different. You know, mm-hmm. it was like kind of like they could switch. Mm-hmm. Like those were two still like still two separate people, and that they were kind of like switching on and off who was in charge basically mm-hmm. yeah. um but that was it, it was it was interesting to be like oh my god who is this horrible person who's like murdering everyone all the time <laughs> and then you're like oh it's o'reilly but wait what o'reilly is this and then it's like oh wait it's they're both existing at the same time i thought o'reilly was going to be the big bad of the whole season i'm glad she wasn't because I would have gotten tired mm-hmm. of seeing that. But the the cliffhanger at season one, when you see her getting out of the water, I was like, oh, well, there's the main villain. Yeah. Um, no, but I think their main the main villain was, like, so much better. He was so much that better. Guy, he was like, far he was more so interesting. Much, and then also finding out that, like, he was using Tandy's abuse victim support group mm-hmm. to find his victims. Right. Which made me wonder the way it was set up. Well, I guess because he was like the the one in charge of the support group and then a second in command and co-conspirator. I don't remember her. Oh, Leah. Um, I mean, I think they I think he was like in charge of the community center. Oh, that makes and more sense. And Leah, Leah was in charge of the, the group. Yeah. So but the, once you the plot to his reveal of like these are the ones in charge of human trafficking like that Bridget and Tandy are trying to hunt down I was like wait is the support group not legit I mean obviously it's not legit but I'm like are they faking being doctors and therapists and I was like oh I I couldn't tell Leah was actually like a therapist I think so and they showed in a flashback she was a actually a registered nurse so I can see her like for the plan getting a you know getting the official therapist stuff but like maybe she's just a medical professional and right was some and someone who experienced domestic abuse and was like all right let's go and like i'll start this group um for andre pretty much for yeah for andre um but it was kind of like one of those situations where you're like i like it helps the people who go and don't get attacked but, like, mm-hmm. it's there for people to get attacked. Yeah, it's a trap. Because, like, I would, you know, like, I would say that, like, Tandy and her mom were probably, or her mom was probably, like, getting useful, like, life yeah. skills, not life skills, coping mechanisms out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. But not, like, 
initial girl who, you know, got taken. Yeah, which Leah lays out to Tandy at one point, because Tandy, obviously, she does the thing of, like, how could you? People trusted you. I trusted you. And then she lays out of, like, yeah, 90% get away, but we see the 10% who aren't going to get better, so we take them. (laughs) Yeah. Oof. Man. uh, like honestly when you realize that she's part of it you're like <gasps> what heartbroken like, i think i think what it is is like no, i guess like not to again i don't know i i, I think because like women inherently trust other women mm. so there's something just so sinister when it comes from someone that you feel like you can trust yeah, you know? which is, that's the whole point of that support group is it is yeah. a domestic women's women's domestic survivor, a domestic, domestic abuse, abuse victim. Yeah. Survivors group just specifically for women. We'll go with that. And yeah, you trusted her. Anyways, it was just well, heartbreaking. Like, I mean, more so. I don't know. Again, I guess I'm going back to my crime podcast, but like, like it's it's those situations where you know, a woman is involved in the crime mm. and the people who, like, got murdered, basically, mm-hmm. definitely thought they were safe just because, like, it was, like, a couple, you know? Like, a man mm. and a woman and they didn't think that these two people mm-hmm. were together in, like, their criminal lives, you know? Like, right, right. It's, like, one of those things where it's, like, even if this woman wasn't, like, doing it so hor- horrifically through this, like, group. Mm-hmm. You still have that, like, as a woman, you inherently trust other women Mm -hmm. that if, like, someone was stalking you, you can run up to them and be like, like, pretend to be my friend right now, please. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And, like, that guy will probably go away. Mm -hmm. But, like, imagine if you did that and you ran up to this person and you're like, someone's following me, please. And it's like, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, I'm their partner. Right, You know? Like, it's that kind of sinister where you're like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah, like, you just don't expect it to come from other women to be Mm -hmm. like knocking down women to be basically turning them into slaves Mm -hmm. yeah pretty much like and eventually i would assume murdering them that's what was implied yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's like one of those things where you're just like i just didn't expect that Mm -hmm. um yeah, I feel like that's mostly what I have to say about the season, other than, like, I just really loved it, and I really wish that we could be getting more of Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, also, that's Okay, also, things I didn't realize, because I binged this, I didn't remember that um, Tandy getting close to the, the daughter of the other scientist was in season one. <laughs> yeah, Mina wasn't as important in this season because Roxon wasn't the the villain. So she was Yeah, but I just absolutely doing her thing. know. I absolutely know that in the first season when we were talking about it that I made an effort not to talk about Mina cuz I thought it was in the se- in season 2. <laughs> like 100%. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> and we just never talked about it because I thought it was in season two. Um, but I I did like when they got into her dad's head, though, and woke him up. That one, that one was probably my favorite episode. The Those flashbacks. Um, the experiencing yeah. the explosion mm-hmm. every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. 
But was that in season two or was that in season one? Because I can't remember. Season one, because... Was it? the Anything having to do with the oil rig, season one. See, why, why did I not realize that was in season one? <laughs> How when we were did you do it in like it. three days, four days, back I to back? I did. I did. Okay, that's I, that can get kind of blurry. It was all at once. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Anyway, what do you think about me saying Cloak and Dagger is better than Agents? Oh, I still haven't thought about it. Again, my my gut reaction is still I stand by Agents. Um, but I, I can't, I think definitely Cloak and Dagger did use the 10 episodes that they had to say more than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has, but, which is, I think, the original point, but in terms of, like, most roller coaster, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> oh, yeah, but what and I And that's just because how I... long it is. It is, it is a very long show, but I think Cloak and Dagger is just excellently written, mm. and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not. That's fair. I think definitely Agents' Agents's writing has gone down throughout, because it's, who knows, for any number of factors. Um, but Cloak and Dagger stayed tight. Which, yeah. who knows, maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if they were to do it over again now and have a solid, like, ten episodes, it would probably be a totally different show. Because there I are times mean, when, like, Agents really wants, I think, to do and be more, but they're so tied up in everything else that they already are that there's, like, we're in a, we're just a ride. We're just an adventure show now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is true that, like, Agents has more that they need to kind of stay tied to. Mm-hmm. In regards to the greater universe, specifically in the earlier seasons, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think even with that, like, yeah, their first two seasons were pretty, like, good. But it it was, like, I think past season two was when it got, like, okay, this show should have ended. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, it's a question of network, because Freeform is a lot more willing to be that, like, cool edge cool progressive edge and abc family still is like primetime cable abc family and freeform are the same thing then it's normal abc that agents is on whatever i can get with my cable yeah not with my antenna abc yeah so Um, abc network yeah yeah i guess but like i don't know abc is the same channel that scandal ran on but that's Shondaland, you know? I guess, but, like, still, I don't know. Crazy stuff happens in Shondaland all the time. You can't let Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. do some crazy stuff. Target audience. <sighs> Whatever. I will still stand by Cloak and Dagger being better. It's a better show. All right. I think it's a better show. Okay. Um, I think it brought me in way more, and it knew what to do with the little it had in a way that, like, Shows who have way more time just don't. That's fair. Uh, how's Cloak and Dagger rank against uh, Jessica Jones? Hmm. Hmm. I think Jessica Jones ranks higher than Cloak and Dagger. Because mm. uh, that's a fa- that's an unfair comparison for me to ask anyways. The Defenders were able to do way more than the Hulu shows, than 
the network TV shows, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think if you, if I had to throw Cloak and Dagger into, like, the, the Defenders lineup, I think it would go between Jessica Jones and Luke Cage for me. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage got a mention in uh, in Runaways. I pre- not. I keep doing that. Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> Luke Cage got a mention when? in Cloak and Dagger, and I really liked it. Um, it's one of the middle episodes. Oh, that's he like said the something ramp about up. like being a black man in a hoodie. Like, you, who do you think you are, Luke Cage? Like, no, it's Ty is trying to pull his plan together, and that includes talking to this one young. He looks younger than Ty, so I'm gonna go with like fifteen, sixteen. Um, he's, like, low-level gang, like, on-the-street-corner type that Ty is had to deal with early in the season, and he goes to find him, to talk to him, and he finds him at, like, a diner bar reading a paper, and Luke Cage is on the front, and they talk about, like, what it means to be a bulletproof black man. Oh, I don't It was a really that. nice little tie-in. I don't remember that. Yeah, um, I think... I think they had, like, other mentions, like, randomly, but not... Yeah, they say Stark Industries at one point in the first season. Well, Roxxon Corp is, like... I think in one version of events, Roxxon Corp is, like, the reason why Tony's parents die. Mm. Like, they're who hired the Winter Soldier to kill, the, kill right. them, you know? Right. Um. So, like, I think Roxxon has, like, a deep history in the marvel universe of being like kind of the bad guy corporation mm. much I like oscorp that. you know in spider-man yeah i could see that but yeah. overall i really enjoyed cloak and dagger uh maybe we'll do another uh ranking episode when we finish for the tv shows yeah when we when i finish runaway season three because i think that'll be pretty much all of the main ones at that point we'll rank the three different veins because it's like agents and agents Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter are different from Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, are different from the Defenders. So we'll just yeah, put them in a pot and figure I it out. Yeah, but also, I don't think we are, I don't know, I think we need to just, we just have to do it. They're all TV shows. It's all in the same list. It has to. Might as well. It's going to be weird, and it's not going to, I'm going to hate it, but I'll do it. Yeah, it'll be like a difficult ranking, but it's gonna be so we'll weird. have to. <laughs> Runaways is it. at the bottom. <laughs> I can already tell. Iron Fist is at the bottom. Oh, I forgot about Iron Fist. We'll Iron Fist is at the bottom. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Inhumans. We didn't even watch that show, Lily. I know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. I already don't um, like this. I take it back. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we may or may not do this episode. <laughs> hey, if you're listening and you want us to do the episode, all you have to do is tweet at us. And we'll yeah, if you it. want to see me suffer, if you want to go through my angst, <laughs> we'll rank the MCU TV shows, you monsters. So, hey, just tweet at us because, you know, we check it. Yeah, we, we do. get notifications. Mm. We just don't use it very often. But maybe we would if you tweeted at us. So mm-hmm. call out. <laughs> anyway, um shockingly short episode today because of how much i love cloak and dagger but i feel like that's all i can really say at the moment is that Mm. i love this show and i'm very disappointed and i've said this eight million times already but i'm disappointed that cloak and dagger will not be getting a season three yeah it left off with i think it left off with a good enough ending that 
season three is definitely possible, but I didn't feel robbed. I didn't feel cut. Yeah. Like, too unresolved. Yeah. Do you think Ty and Tandy are romantically interested in each other with that ending? Go. Hmm. Like, okay, here's the thing. I wouldn't be mad if they were together. But do you think that's what they were trying to aim for with the hand-holding? Um, I, I, I think they were trying to leave it open-ended. I think that's mm. what they were trying to do. Okay, okay. Like, I don't think they wanted to answer that question with a hard yes or no, because if they did, they would have ended it with a kiss. True, yeah. Like, that's all there is to say about that. Mm-hmm. Because, um... We all know your feelings that you did, don't want them together. Um, yeah. But, like, for me, like, I'm I'm okay with them being together romantically or staying friends, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, if there were to be continuous seasons, it would have to be one of those things where if they got together, it would literally need to be the very last thing they did. Mm-hmm. Or it would have to happen soon and then they would have to stay a strong couple for the rest of the season, the series. I That's do true. not want to deal with, like, jealousy or any of that kind of angst. I don't mm-hmm. want them to break up. I don't want them to write in some issue, like, someone cheated on someone. Like, I just don't want mm-hmm. that. I don't want to deal with that, you know? That's true. Yeah, Like, fair. it's my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> when shows think it's boring to put, like, a couple together. That makes sense. Like, I, I hate it's that really so much with a burning passion, mm-hmm. because then you get, like, four episodes of them together, and then mm-hmm. they break up because of some reason mm-hmm. that cannot be changed. It's mm-hmm. usually, like, cheating or lying or, st- like, it's usually something, like, really irreparable. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're like, great, thank you for giving me literally no time with them together <laughs> as a couple. Yeah. Especially like, whenever they'll do the whole, like a season and a half build up as a couple and then you get like five episodes together and then you get the then you get the rest of it yeah that's the worst yeah exactly i really (laughs) really hate when they do that Mm -hmm. because it's pointless it's pointless like not to bring it back to switched at birth which i've already mentioned this (laughs) episode but like they put these two characters together that no one ever thought they would even be together and then everyone fell in love with them Mm. and then had the had the boyfriend cheat on her and then it was a whole will they won't they will they won't they will they won't they and then they get back together and then and then she gets assaulted and then they break up over that and it was like what was the point of even putting them back into back together (laughs) you know like i got so few like i feel like i can count on one hand how many episodes i got with that couple as like being a happy couple Mm -hmm. and then the rest they just threw out the window yeah not worth it and that always makes me mad. So it's like if this were to be a show that continued, mm. like I said before, they'd have to literally get together and stay together. Yeah. Like yeah, they need to sense. be That's rock fair. solid. Mm-hmm. Like they could have their like bumpy like parts. Right. But like the stake of the relationship parts. should never be at doubt. I can I'm I would agree with that with Ty and Tandy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's way at the end and we can headcanon the rest. Right. Yeah. If they, you know, pretending we got to like the whole season, the whole series was like five seasons. I would not be mad if they ended up together. I'm just really happy that they didn't like punch you in the face with the romantic tension. You know, I like Mm -hmm. the way that their relationship built over these two seasons naturally. And I liked that the fact that for 
all intents and purposes, it looks like they ended open with with that question. So I'll live with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm also pretty okay with it ending open like that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it just keeps it like friends hold hands. Yeah, and especially I think they're like, at a point where just like it's a form of affection and support to just like hang on to each other. And also that was a yeah. thing of like first season they couldn't touch each other without causing an explosion. So it's one of those things of just like holding oh, no, on to each other this. and anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, cuz the whole I it was it was an interesting take also just to end on being like we're going to leave New Orleans together, both of them. Well, Tandy was never going to go to college, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, in the course of the time that we knew her, we knew she would not, like, that wasn't part of her life plans. Yeah. But it was part of Ty's. hmm So it was, like, one of those things where you were like, oh, like, he's kind of giving up everything to just become a vigilante. Right. Yeah. I was sad that they ended with the, like, we're leaving New Orleans thing because, like, they and they kind of showed it of him checking in on his family and his parents. Um, but I was sad he was leaving home for a bit. In my head, season mm. three, the st- the first episode is them coming back to New Orleans. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, I love how much summer. this show, right? Like, I love how much this show loves New Orleans, and I would be mad if it took place anywhere else. I think it would be an. In- I think it would be one of those things where maybe the third season would be them traveling about and then maybe the fourth season is them going back and like or or it would be like a we're jumping in every once in a while but not like a stay in one place kind of thing Mm, mm. because it's i'm like it's their hometown but i think they're they're very stuck on the let's help kids anywhere who need help Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like they basically busted up this young girl slave ring right and they want to help do that everywhere elsewhere yeah 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 so i I think it was like true to their characters to want to you know delve past that that makes sense all right cool i think that's a good place to end yeah we will miss you so much I really I yeah. mean I will. I will miss this show so much and I know I can go back and watch it but I want more. Yeah. Yeah, really and though. Can't wait to talk about them when they show up in the Runaways. Because- yeah, Runaways season 3, that episode isn't going to be about Runaways at all. We'll spend 10 minutes recapping the plot and talking probably about how confusing and boring it's going to be and then 40 minutes on one episode with Ty and Tandy. Because honestly, like, when you get to it, you're going to be like, I love this. Mm-hmm. Just, I love their dynamic with the the runaways because it's just very fun. But I'm either excited. way, um, ha, thanks for listening mm-hmm. to this ramble. If you want us to do the um, TV ranking, tweet at us, email us, do those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be with you till the end of the line. You can follow me on Twitter at the Sabrina Pet. You can follow Lily at Lily underscore Rugo. You can follow the podcast, the Amp Fangirls, which is also where you can tweet at us if you want us to do that episode. Or the email is emfangirls at gmail.com. And um, check out our website, earthsmightiestfangirls.com. And please, 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 if you enjoyed this episode, go onto iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a review, rate us, do those wonderful, wonderful things. We're also on Spotify and Stitcher, so follow us there. 
Thank you to Dexter Britton for letting us use their song Wonderland, and thanks to us for editing and producing. Also, stay safe, guys. 